In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. I'm giving to you, you're giving back to me. It's a mutual relationship. Iron sharpens iron, same thing. I sharpen you, you sharpen me. But if I'm always sharpening you, I'm in a codependent relationship now. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we We salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with my co-host and partner in crime, Dale Culver. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. So how's it going with uh, COVID and your kid at home and all that good stuff? Oh, it's so wonderful. He actually gets to go back to school two hours uh, a week or a day. So that's like, Heavenly. I'll take two hours, baby. Yeah, I'll take yeah. anything. I hear you. <laughs> well, hey, man, um, we're going to jump into this today. We got a lot to cover. want to tell these guys, hey, guys, if you haven't done so yet, head on over to our website, manarena.org. We've got uh, always got a free resource there available for you. Right now, it is the bathroom book for men, and that will be available for just a couple more weeks, and then that will never be available again. We actually are going to throw a, an assessment on there. That will help you determine where you rank as a man and where your weaknesses are and how we can help you in that process. So be looking for that. I would coming. also say make sure you get that soon, soon, because it might not even be two weeks. So if that okay. B-Vome's yeah. ready to roll. So yeah, by B-Vome, we mean best version of a man yeah. assessment. So we don't know what else to call it. So that's what we're doing. But uh, hey, want to yeah get over there and do that, guys. Really would appreciate that. And Dale, do you have a man law for me today? Yeah, guys, I cannot stress this enough. You cannot be out there alone. Uh, we have started something, uh, the arena gathering, and we get to sit around a table with a bunch of guys and share our stuff, work through our stuff. And, man, that's the, the most important thing for me in the week uh, lately is being able to meet with these guys. And if you don't have guys in your life to uh, walk with you, um, Jim, last night you shared some facts that are just so important that you have guys in your life. And I've talked to some guys in my life recently that don't have anybody in their life. And I've just said to them, you got to have men in your life to call you out, call you up and call you into the things that you need to be doing. Yep. So that's my law. Do it. Yeah. Well, that's really good, man. And that's what I'm talking about today, as you know, and this gathering that we're talking about, we started a thing called the arena gathering and for guys in North Northwest Portland. And uh, that's, been interesting with COVID and working around that. 
but it's been one of the most powerful things I've seen, and I think that's just going to explode with men, and super excited about that. And what we do is we take our interview episodes on the podcast, and then I preach an expository sermon off of those, and then we go into an hour-long Bible study. And those messages, by the way, are recorded and put on our website, so you can uh, check those out, and that's uh, happening probably starting this week. And so what I want to talk to you about today, guys, is, is the topic for... Uh, this episode is confession. Now, we've spent three weeks our men unpacking a couple things. The first thing is, generally speaking, God shapes a man through salvation. He shapes a man, he takes a man, the man is a new creation according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, and God shapes him and begins to form him into his best version. But what God does is he brings other men into your life to sharpen you. So God shapes you, uh, ancient, ancient... A blacksmith would shape the weapon, and it would be sharp, but it would not be razor sharp until they put it to the grindstone. And so God brings men in to sharpen us. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, Proverbs 27, 17, which I taught on recently uh, on an episode. And then the third thing, the last thing God does is he not only shapes you, but he not only brings men to sharpen you, but confession shaves Confession is what helps your life to be razor sharp. And and I got to tell you a few things about confession. And Dale, you can jump in whenever you want. But Colton and I were turkey hunting several years ago, had a turkey laid out about 20 yards in front of us. And we're just sitting there hanging out. And in March in, in uh, Oregon's glorious. It's greens. Everything's green. The sky is blue. It's just beautiful, beautiful. And we're sitting there in kind of a semi-cloudy day. And I see this golden eagle. And I've only seen a couple golden eagles in Oregon you just don't, very rare. And this was a full mature bird. And it, as I'm watching it, it's getting closer and closer. Pretty soon it swoops down, steals our decoy. <laughs> it's flying away with this plastic decoy. Colton looks at me and goes, what do I do, Dad? I go, get it. So Colton takes off running. About a half mile later, the the, tur- the 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 eagle drops the turkey, and Colton, you know, catches it or grabs it when it hits and brings it back. But you know, those talons were sunk deep. And when I think of men who who refuse to confess, who refuse to be honest about their darknesses, they are allowing the enemy to sink his talons into them. You know, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then Peter warns us in 1 Peter 5.8, be sober and alert your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. And so what I believe, and I've come to believe this, is that every man struggles with the darkness. Uh, Steve Atterburn calls it every man's battle. John Eldridge calls it a battle to fight. We all have at least one thing. It's usually multiple things that we're battling, right? Uh, We're all doing that. And these are often things we celebrated before Christ. And they come into our life because you reap what you sow, and we, we mm-hmm. struggle with them. And so I think the sign that I am a disciple of Jesus is my willingness and my my passion to battle sin. Before Christ, I celebrated sin, right? We would look at mm-hmm. we'd rent porn movies, we'd uh, violate, you know, use and abuse women, we would party hardy, we would cuss and swear. We celebrated these things, but as a believer, we recognize that does not move us into our best version, and so we want to serve Christ as our best version, so we battle these things. Mm-hmm. Rod Hanley, on our interview with him recently, said sin flourishes in the dark, and it thrives in secret. Unfortunately, many people fall because they don't have to answer to anyone for their behavior, which is what you were talking about in the man law. Mm-hmm. And so I want to break down First John 
chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. I think there's a breakdown here that will help men understand why this is so important. So if we look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, we read this. I'm a New American Standard guy. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. In other words, the practice of secret sin, the practice of sin, a.k.a. walking in darkness, is like a hangman's noose around our neck, right? Last night I brought a yeah, rope in. I made the hangman's noose. Didn't realize you had to have 12 wines around it. Was it 12 or 13? 13, I think. 13, the lucky number 13. <laughs> and I tied this hangman's noose, and I put it around my neck. And as we walk in darkness, you know, that's loose on our neck. You can barely even feel it there. But the further we walk away from God, the tighter that noose gets. Until eventually, it may take decades, it's cinched so tight around my neck, it chokes us out. You know, I read uh, Bill Perkins uh, and Whitehorse Publishing uh, put out something called, they re republished something called The Jesus Story. It's a blended version of the gospel. I read it every morning. And uh, in part of that, referring to Matthew 6, 22, Jesus says, if your body is filled with light, with no dark corners anywhere, it will be completely illuminated. And that's what we're talking about, that any darkness that I have in my life, any unconfessed sin in my life, is too much darkness. Ecclesiastes 12.14 says, God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing. So this is really important. Uh, when, when we engage in secret sin without confession, we are lying to ourselves and those we love. It's really simple, right? Mm-hmm. We're lying to ourselves because usually we're doing these things in secret because we're ashamed, and we're lying to others because they think we're something that we really aren't. And so we get caught in this double-edged sword as that noose around our neck begins to tighten, right? Well, the good news is found in verse 7, and I want to read that. But if we walk in light... So now we've got a walk in darkness versus walk in light uh, analogy going on here. If we walk in light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. So so this is what I thought was really interesting. So if we've got the hangman's noose tightening as we walk away from God in darkness, fellowship with one another is like a lifeline. So we either have a hangman's noose or we have a lifeline. Does that make sense? So walking in light in this verse is synonymous with fellowship with one another. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool, right? That's good. And, we, and so instead of hanging ourselves in the darkness, hang around others who will fill us with light. They become a lifeline to us. And so our battle against sin, this is the beautiful thing about the gospel, man. My battle against sin becomes a lifeline connecting me to God through other people, and I can walk in the light. So this word fellowship with one another, this word fellowship is koinonia. It occurs 19 times in the New American Standard Bible. It is translated fellowship 12 times, sharing three times, participation and contribution two times each. And in many cases, this word koinonia refers to, and I think this is really good, a jointly contributed gift, jointly contributed. So fellowship is I'm giving to you, you're giving back to me. It's a mutual relationship. Iron sharpens iron, same thing. Mm -hmm. I sharpen you, you sharpen me. But if I'm always sharpening you, I'm in a codependent relationship now, not healthy. That's not fellowship. That's codependency. So a victorious, healthy relationship 
a bro-lationship is one where both sharpen each other or a guy needs to move on to different relationships. <laughs> That's what I think the author of Hebrews was thinking when he or she wrote, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who is promised, who promised is faithful. Let us consider how he may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And Jesus, I thought this was a stroke of genius. In John 13, Jesus last night on earth, he washes the disciples' feet. Verse 15, he goes, hey, I've given you guys an example to follow. And I think the example to follow was he washed Judas' feet, because in verse 27, mm-hmm. Judas leaves. And in verse 33, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so this is important. Guys, you've been listening to part one of The Manliest Thing You Can Do. Next week, we will wrap up this episode. But for now, head on over to meninthearena.org and get your free copy of The Field Guide. This is a daily read for men. You can always pick up a physical copy through our website. And leave us a positive review on this podcast. You can always email us at info at meninthearena.org if you're having trouble figuring out how to leave a review. Until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. Equipping men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.